We're going to the book of 2 Corinthians today for just a few moments. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 3. 2 Corinthians 3.10. Then from there we're going to be going into the book of 1 John and also Matthew. Just for a few minutes. Glad to see everybody. 2 Corinthians or chapter 10 verse 3. Amen. The Lord's been working. Got a text from Sister Donna on Thursday. She was needing a miracle to get a plane ticket to go see JT graduate, and she only needed $500 by Saturday. Here, come on up here and tell them. Come on, you might as well. My son graduates from basic training on July 9th, waiting to be a Marine. Um, Camp Pendleton, yes. And um, I've been trying to save money for a couple of months now. I would get $100 saved, and I'd have to put out $101 on something. And no matter what I was doing, I couldn't save a dime. And um, Satan was working on me, telling me I wasn't supposed to go. And I rebuked that with everything inside of me. So I started praying about it. And God asked me, where's your faith, Donna? Where's your faith? So I decided that I was going to walk in faith for as long as it took until I got that money from wherever to go see my son graduate because I knew I was supposed to be there. And um, I started calling in my prayer warriors. I was sending out texts. I was putting it on Facebook. God wants me there, but the money's not here. Pray with me. And then it'll come in. And Friday night, my daughter called me from Springfield. And she said, Mom, have you got the plane ticket yet? No, I don't have the money. And she said, how much do you need? And I said, well, the tickets went from $500 down to $268 in this last week. And she said, well, I can't come up with $500, but I can give you $250 because the Lord has blessed me with lots of overtime and my bills are paid. And I'm sending you my $250, so I have to come up with $18 to go see my son. Praise the Lord. I'm there. And I will not give up in my faith walk just because I've got this money. There are so many more things that God is blessing my family with. And I know this is just the beginning. God is awesome. Praise the Lord. How about that now? Jesse, you're going on vacation this week? Next week? That'll be the second week of your two-week notice because you're getting a new job. Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, no evenings, no weekends. You'll be working with Holy Ghost-filled people. Is that right? And you're going to make almost $2 an hour more than you're making now. Whoa. I say he's a good God. Amen. All right. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Some of you need to lasso your thoughts and bring them in because it ain't like you think it is. How's that for English? Well, I'm not going back to that church no more because they don't love me. You need to rein that thing in. I'm not going back there because Brother Tracy made fun of me. You need to rein that thing in. The battle is in your head. It's between your ears. It's not like you think it is. I was going to preach out of the book of Acts. Ask the gentleman up there. I'm ready. I've got slides. I'm ready to roll. And the Lord keeps saying, no, you've got to do something else. If you don't get control of your thoughts, your thoughts will get control of you. How many of you have been scared at night because you saw things walking through your house and it was nothing but the wind blowing the curtain? But your crazy mind started putting faces on it and wings and webbed feet because your imagination starts running away with things. Would you back up to verse 3 there, Brother Clark, if you would. We do not walk after the flesh. We walk after the Spirit. Now, I've connected hope with Rose. What hope is going through and what she's fighting through is not a, a fleshly thing. It is a spirit thing that she's fighting. And she knows that. And so I'm connecting her with Rose because Rose knows how she's thinking. Did you know that, Rose? Uh-huh. And she's going to be able to relate to her. And the last thing that you need to do is let the devil get in your thought patterns because he will tell you things that are not true and he will tell you them over and over and over and over. You see, he is an eternal created being. He has no end. The devil will be around forever. He has plenty of time to take the time to deceive you and I. He has been deceiving people for six thousand years he knows how to do it let me tell you something else the devil knows the word better than any of us in here he knows the scriptures better than any of us in here he knows how god thinks because he was created by god he existed with god he knows the ways of the majestic the devil knows how to push our buttons he knows our weaknesses. He will not fight you in your strengths. He will fight you in your weaknesses. If he knows that you have trouble with alcohol, he's going to make you want a cheeseburger from wise guys. If he knows you got problems with gambling, he's going to, when you go to St. Louis to just go down to the Cardinal game, the road's going to be detoured and he's going to take you right by the casino. You don't think he works like that? He knows that when you get ready for a fast, he doesn't show you the spiritual power that comes out of a fast. No, he shows you a hot dog 18 feet long covered in dill relish and mustard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Can you imagine an 18 foot long weenie? He's not going to show you any of that. He's not going to show you how if you discipline yourself in prayer that you're going to be powerful in God. He's going to show you how much time the preacher is trying to take out of your life. He's not going to show you how, how beneficial it would be if you got your old carcass in here on Wednesday nights and started going through 
starting point and realizing you need to change some things in your life and start putting the word in you, he's not going to show you those benefits. He's going to tell you the preacher wants to rule your whole life. And I wish I could. I'm like George W. Bush. He said it would be a lot easier if this was a dictatorship, just as long as I was a dictator. It'd be a lot easier if I could just punch in and program all of us every day to what you need to do in God. This church, would, this, this property couldn't hold all the people standing straight up. Take all the buildings off, we stand shoulder to shoulder. There'd be so many people on this property because I'd program everybody to live for God, to fight the devil, to cast out the wicked and the evil thoughts, to pull down the imaginations and say, hey, I want to do something for God. I want to be strong in God. God wants you to be strong in Him. You do not walk after the flesh, but, and you do not war after the flesh. You have to remember that. You are not fighting against flesh. You are fighting against spirits. You are fighting against darkness. You are fighting against devils. No, they don't do this in denominal churches where you came from because they don't know about it. They don't understand it. But you have the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost in you has now put you in the fight of your life. Amen? You say, well, my Lord, Brother Tracy, I sat there in a beep church all my life and they never talked about this. And they're not going to because they don't know anything about it because they think we're crazy. They think we're demon-possessed because, whoa, when you speak in tongues, that's of the devil. Shoot. If that's the case, I'd have done it when I was smoking cigarettes eight years old and stealing from my dad. I would have been already speaking in tongues. And how about the time when you went in there and you shoplifted that candy? Was you speaking in tongues while you were shoplifting that candy? Well, according to that theology, you should have been. And how about the time, boys, when you found that girly magazine in a ditch going home from school? And then you took it and you hid it under the plywood out behind the barn so you could go look at it later. The only thing you didn't know was the bugs ate the thing up. Then you went back and you're so mad. Up in here, up in here. Help me lose my mind. You know I'm telling you the truth. You know that when you were 17 years old and you went to that party and you drank beer when you wasn't supposed to and you got drunk and you lied to your mom and dad and said you was going over to study group? You wasn't studying nothing. Was you speaking in tongues when you was laying there drunk? No. You should have been according to that doctrine. But then something got, something got into your head and something was in your heart. It was called emptiness and loneliness. And there's got to be more to life than just what I'm living. And somehow you went to that crazy church. You went to that church that your mama warned you about. You went to that church that grandpa said, don't ever go there. Those people are crazy. But when you walked in and they started playing the music and they started clapping their hands and they started worshiping God, something got a hold of you and something said come on this is what you've been looking for I love to hear war stories from denominal people that come into Pentecost how many times did your grandparents say don't ever go to those Pentecostal churches they're crazy and you ended up going and you is one of them hallelujah you're here and you're full of it. There are some things I like to be full of, and the Holy Ghost is one of them. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. And when you walked in the door, and by the time you were done, you were laying in the floor speaking in tongues. 
And then, God forbid, they took you up there and they put you in the water and threw you down in Jesus' name and you came up out of the water speaking in tongues. And then you went home and you tried to conceal it. And finally, your dad said, you've been down at that Pentecostal church, haven't you? Because now you're not walking after the flesh. Because when you get the Holy Ghost, there is something that is birthed in you called the spirit man. That spirit man lays dormant inside of you from conception until the new birth. John chapter 3. But when the Holy Ghost comes in, you are born again of the Spirit. And that spirit man stands up and now there's a new man in the house. And now there's a voice that says when you go to that party and you tell them you're going to study group, uh, you just better tell the truth. And then that voice says, you know, I don't think you really need to be going and hanging out with those people anyway. All they do is take your money and get you in trouble. And then when you don't have any money and you don't have any beer, then they don't want you around anymore. Maybe you just need to do something else. Maybe you need to find some old, boring, Holy Ghost-filled people to hang around and play Parcheesi for a while. But I tell you what, the people who play Parcheesi cheesy don't go home drunk and don't wake up with a headache and don't puke in the middle of the night can i get a witness from the par cheesy people i'm telling you i would rather live a thousand years like this than one day out there in that pig pen oh hallelujah it was the young boy the young servant who had took everything that his inheritance was and spent it all and he's sitting there in the pig pen and the bible says he came to his senses he said to himself, Self, there's food in Dad's house. I don't have to eat corn husk. You imagine trying to grab a piece of corn husk from an old fat sow out of her mouth? Give it here. And that sow tries to bite your arm off because you took her husk. And then you woke up spiritually. And now you're in a spiritual battle. And now you're in a spiritual fight. And things are different than before. You just can't come to church and talk about the ladies' aid meeting and how we're going to have a bake sale to help the orphanage over in Columbia. That's, that's not going to do it. You just can't come in there and sing your song and perform and everybody clap their hands and you have your own fan section and, that's, and you just go home and you still smoke your dope and you still beat up your girlfriend. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm talking to you now. And your life's never changing. No, you're in a, you're in a, uh, a fight now. Now you're in a war because there's something that has woke you up from another realm, another world you can't see it smell it taste it or touch it but you can feel it i love it when people walk in this church and say i don't know what's in here but there's something different than i've ever felt in any other church well, i'll tell you what it is it's called god it's called the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Ghost in your life. It's the Holy Ghost right here. And you know what? When people walk through the door, I want them to feel the power of God. But I'm praying for the day that when they step out of their car and their feet touch this property, boom, they're knocked out in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues before they can even walk in the door. Now, there we go. I hope they call this a Holy Ghost flood zone right here. I want this to be a place where the Holy Ghost is flowing, not knee deep, not waist deep. Not ch I want it overflowing. I want to swim in this thing i want to swim and swim and swim and swim and swim i can't go to a dead church neither can you you're ruined look at your neighbor and say we're ruined look at your neighbor and say all we are is trash that's it all we are is trash we're holy ghost trash we're trash that came in from the street and got the holy ghost inside of us and he's cleaned us up 
And he has taken care of us and he's washed us and justified us and sanctified us and purified us and liberated us. And now we say, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God almighty. I'm free at last. You don't war after the flesh. Your husband comes home, ladies, and he doesn't have the Holy Ghost. He comes home. You know, and you're there at the house. What's her name? What was her name? Cleaver, June. June. You got that meal made, that taters, roast. And he comes in, Ward comes in, and he's got an attitude. It ain't Ward's fault. He's got anger in him. He's got a spirit of anger. Hallelujah. Now watch this. You can have the Holy Ghost and have a spirit of anger in you. You can have the Holy Ghost and have a <coughs> spirit of unthankfulness. You can be preaching, trying to lay out the word of the Lord, and the devil give you a hairball. But I got news for the hairball giver. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. And when it gets to the point where I can't preach because of the hairball, just throw in a CD back there, John. Doesn't matter what it is, just so it's hot. Hallelujah. But people walk in and they're unthankful and they're unholy. You know, you come to church and, and family worship center is the greatest thing and then the devil starts talking to you. And then by the time it's all over with, somebody said something to somebody that said something to somebody that said something to somebody that got back to you. And I can't believe Tom Philpott say that. You know what Tom Philpott said about me? He didn't really say it to me, but it was this was the fourth generation and I heard it and I believe it. Because it's gossip and the devil's taking my thoughts and just blowing them. Our thoughts are like balloons and the devil just puts the air in them. Oh, you know he said that about you. Look at the way he looks at you in church. And you really want to know something? Every time you get to really preaching good at 12 o'clock, that watch goes off and he does it on purpose. Because he says... This is a devil. He's blowing up that balloon of wrong thinking in my mind. Why is he saying that? Because Tom says if he wears that watch and you say, Tommy, your watch is on, then he won't edit that and he'll get on, his name will get on the radio. He'll be famous all over Ramsey. You see how the devil does it? He just keeps inflating it and inflating it and inflating it. And finally, you don't even think Susan Durbin loves you. When's the last time you talked to Susan Durbin? A couple weeks ago. See, she don't even love you anymore. But that's what the devil does. And that's why you got to take the word of God and you got to shut his mouth. Because when your mouth is shut, you can't blow up a balloon. This is deep theology today. Isn't it? Let's go to the next one, Brother Clark. And you try to fight a spiritual battle with your carnality, but you can't do it. You've got to go through God who can pull down the strongholds in your life. Listen, if you've had trouble with authority in your life, before it's all over with, you're going to have trouble with me. Is this okay for Bible study? You will. 
Because here's the problem. There has been a stronghold set up in your life. A stronghold is a way of thinking that is contrary to the Word of God. And so I'm the pastor. I got, I'm getting the shirts. And the shirts, it's going to be black and it's going to have white letters. It's going to say, I am the pastor on the front. And on the back, it's going to say, it's got to be my fault. Because I can preach a sermon and not have anything against anybody in 150 to 200 people and somebody's going to get mad at me think I'm picking on them. And they're the last thing from my mind. That's what he does. You like this on this microphone diaphragm, don't you, John? But the problem is, if you have trouble with authority, whoever is the next in line of authority in your life, you will eventually have trouble with them. And I may not have done a licking, finger-licking thing to you. And you're mad. Because just why? Because of authority. That's a stronghold in your life. And until you get that stronghold out of your mind, you will constantly have that problem. That's why you have to have God and the weapons of the warfare that are spiritual to pull down the strongholds. Well, where do I get these weapons? Go to first, or go to Matthew chapter number. I will not belabor the point. This is Jesus. Verse number 1, Matthew 4, 1 says this. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Jesus is going 40 days to be tempted of the devil, right? He's going to tempt him three different times, three different ways. Now I want you to look down at verse number 4. But he answered and said, it is written. All right? Now I want you to look at verse number 7. Jesus said unto him, it is written. Punch your neighbor and say, didn't we just read that? Look at verse number 10. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. Hallelujah. It is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus did not get on the phone when the devil came after him the first time and said, I got to call my pastor. Oh, pastor, the devil's been after me all day long. Bless his holy name. Jesus didn't get on the phone or text three of his prayer warrior friends and say, pray for me, the devil's been after me. Didn't have it. Couldn't do it. Didn't even send a fax. Didn't send an email. He simply said, it is written. You know how he could say that? He wrote the book. And when you write the book, you can do whatever you want. When you're the author, you can put whatever you want on the page. And so he says, he uses the word to defeat the devil. That is your weapon right there. That's just one of your weapons. You have the weapon of prayer. You have the weapon of fasting. 
You have the weapon of fellowship and coming to the Lord's house. That's why Paul said in Hebrews, when you see the days approaching, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. What was he saying? You get your booty to the church fast. Listen, I can go out with the men to Chuck Wagon, pray a prayer, and eat a three-egg Western omelet. Oh, hallelujah. Can you see it now? On a 14-inch plate. And the only thing spiritual in that breakfast was the prayer. Lord, bless this food to our bodies and this fellowship to our spirits in Jesus' name. But I can leave there strengthened and refreshed just by being with my brothers. We could come in here and not sing one song or play one little note on the keyboard or not even preach and just come and fellowship and talk for an hour. And dude, come on devil, make my day. Because I've been with my brothers and my sisters. But what does the devil want to do? You better not go back to that church. They don't love you there. So-and-so offended you. They said something that hurt your feelings. And then to top it all off, Brother Tracy got up and preached exactly what you did last night downtown Bandelia. And he didn't need to be meddling in your business. Well, you be, listen, you better be thankful that there's a man of God in your life that knows what the Lord is saying and is preaching to you about what you did downtown Vandalia last night. But the devil doesn't want you to hear that because the devil knows if you hear that, then the word gets in you. Then the next time the devil says, well, maybe you need to call up Sissy Lou and you and Sissy Lou better go cruise downtown Van Day and burn up a bunch of gas. And then you're going to meet up with Johnny Ray and Billy Bob. And by the time it's all over with, we're going to go get some Bud Light and we're going to go have a party and we're going to go do this and we're going to go do that. Let me tell you something, friend. You get the word of God in you and that thought starts coming through your cranium. You can and say it is written greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world devil that's my old life that's my flesh I don't walk after the flesh anymore I don't war after the flesh anymore I don't live after the flesh anymore because I'm a new man in Christ Jesus he said behold all things are passed away and all things are become new Who's that preacher think he is meddling in my business? He's a pastor. Ask that sheep that's had 14 broken legs. Because he just won't stay in the lot. And so the shepherd ministers to him and breaks his leg and says, let's see how far you go now for a while. Huh. How am I going to get the word? How am I going to get this tool? You got to be here. Look at your neighbor and say, You got to be here. Tommy, you got to be here. You got to be here. I don't fax it to you. I wish I could. I wish I could fax it, email it, drop it off at your door. I wish I could hire Matt Jones, FedEx. You got to be in church. Sunday mornings is for evangelism.
strengthening, edifying, exhorting. Guess what Wednesday night is? We'll do all that too, but Wednesday night is break it down. Small groups, classes, get the word in you. 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 You want to fight the devil and win? Get the word in you. You want to be an overcomer? Get the word in you. If you only come to church once every six weeks, you're not going to get any word in you because you're going to be out there the other five weeks and, or five weeks and six days and the devil's going to be beating your brains out. This is a continual thing. What would happen if you only ate a meal once every six weeks? I know when I'm riding a live horse because live horses don't say anything. What would happen if you took a drink of water once every six weeks? What happens if you only wore clothes once every six weeks? You'd be in jail. You would die from the elements. Walk out in February and January around here without any clothes on, see for a while. I'm not going any further. You see, you get my point? You just can't come up to the water and hold once every six weeks and expect to be strong and healthy. I saw, I wish we wouldn't have came today. That's what somebody just said to her husband. We shouldn't have came. You got to eat. You got to have food. You got to eat. You got to get nourishment. You've got to build your muscles. You have to do all sorts of things in order to have a healthy life. If you don't have health, you cannot be productive. I know men that have actually tried to fast 40 days, no food, no water. They fast, they fast, they mess up their bowels, they mess up their intestines, they mess up their health. Let me tell you something. If you lose your health, what are you going to do to get it back? You just can't go to Walmart and buy it. You have to take care of your body. You have to take care of your health because your health, if you lose it, you're done. You're at home, you're sick, you're feeble, you're done. It's the same way spiritually. You don't come to church, you're only eating once in a while when you get here. That's why you come in here and look like somebody from a concentration camp. That's why you walk in here and you wonder why the devil's been beating your brains out and you can't stop him. Because you're not strong enough to stop him. Because you haven't put the word in you. You've got to put the word in you. You've got to be in church. I'm going to write a song. You've got to come to breakfast. You've got to come to lunch. And sometimes even supper, it really means a bunch. You gotta come to church and you gotta come to church and you gotta come to church. My God, you call your neighbor Sally. Sally? I can't do anything this week. Why? What's wrong, Ethel? My pastor. Now listen, he's lost his ever loving mind. Up in here, up in here. He wants us to fast three days this week. So I can't come over and have that Tuesday morning tea. You know, that tea where we get together and we, I tell you what you haven't heard yet and you tell me what you haven't heard yet. And in the middle of that, he wants us to come to church on Wednesday nights. Now, have you ever heard of such a thing? He wants us to come to church. Number one, he doesn't want me to eat for three days. And then in the middle of it, he wants me to come to church. Now, to top it all off, you know, you know, Sally, 
like those steak and shake milkshakes, the cherry on the top. Let me tell you the cherry in this story. On Friday night, on Friday night at 8 o'clock, he wants me to come to the church and pray. Doesn't he know that I have a life? Doesn't he know that it's hard for me to do all of that church? Three days of fasting? Come to church in the middle of it? And then to top it off, wants me to come and pray? And then, Ethel, wants, what can't Ethel realize, though, while she's talking to Sally, that she's got a tongue longer than the Mississippi River? And maybe that fasting might shorten that river a little bit in her life. And she may not talk about everybody in the church as much as she used to on that Tuesday tea. And she may not have that problem with anger and that problem with backbiting and that problem with malice and everything's wrong in the church. You know, Ethel and Sally, I went to church the other day and it was so cold in there. You got to wear long underwear and then by the time everybody gets in here, you want to take everything off because it's burning up. And the sound system is too loud. And when Amy played that keyboard, it was way too loud. Those drums, God in heaven, why we got those drums? We don't need drums in the house of God. But, I mean, at least he's not preaching about that money thing. He preached about that money thing for a half a year. My God, I never thought he was going to get done talking about sowing your seed, sow your seed, sow your seed. But thank God, I sowed my seed. I gave my $3 the other week. Almost broke me. Couldn't go buy my smokes. That's, you know smokes are $6 a pack now? I'm going to tell you one thing. If you don't sow your seed in the kingdom, you're going to sow it to R.J. Reynolds' company. We sow our seeds somewhere all the time. You've got to come to church. You've got to be in fellowship. You've got to be there. You've got to be with your brothers and sisters. Why are we got to be that way? I don't know. God put it in there. He said it. I'm going to 1 John chapter number 3. Or 2. I'm sorry. Wow. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter number 2 and verse number 15. No, let's do 14. No, let's do 13. It's all good. Verse 13, I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. Watch this. The old men overcome the wicked, right? And they teach the younger. Old men, old ladies, we have to teach the younger ones. If we don't teach them, MTV is, and God knows you don't want them learning that junk. Huh? Huh? I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. Next one. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And the Word of God, what does it do? If you don't ever eat the Word... How's it going to live in you? And you have overcome the wicked one. Let's go on. Love not the world, 
neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let me tell you something. Can I give you a parable? You don't go camping and come home not smelling like smoke. What are you saying now, Brother Tracy? There are certain places that I'm just going to look toward the wall so nobody thinks I'm looking at them. There are certain places that Christians shouldn't go and there's certain things that we shouldn't do but we're doing. And then we wonder why down the road, months or years, we're having trouble. You don't go to a campfire and not come home smelling like smoke. If you go to the wrong place, eventually the influence of that place will come home with you. There are certain things, Megan, I'm sorry. Mitchell, I'm sorry. Marcus, I'm sorry. God only knows where Macy's at. There you are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because you know what? There are things and places that through life they have wanted to go or our flesh has wanted to go possibly, but we've said no. And the reason is this is because it is difficult enough to try to keep us on the straight and narrow than to go to those campfires and get a little smoke on us for later. Does that make sense? Is that pastoring? Boy, I must have drank from the pastoring hole up there this weekend. Well, my kid wants to do this, and I don't know where they got the idea. Well, why don't you go back in your life and see what campfires you've been setting around? It wasn't a sin for Peter to be by that barrel that was burning. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time when that damsel kept pushing the issue and said, I know you're one of them. I know you've been with Jesus. And finally, he got some Addie Custer out. What I'm saying is this. What campfire you've been setting around? Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, when my kids got older, they wanted to do that, 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 that. But what, well, the problem was, was there campfires you was around? How many of you ever been to a campfire and came home and you didn't smell like smoke? You always get some smoke on you. What is smoke? Smoke is a residue from the fire. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We've got to love the Father. We've got to love the church. We've got to love the kingdom of God more than anything else. I had somebody say one time, we don't know how much church stuff we're going to do because we've proposed that we're going to spend more family time together. I wanted to swallow my dentures, and I don't even have dentures. To me the most opportune place to spend family time is in the kingdom of God. Is this sound system still on? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I kind of wished I'd have been preaching in out of Acts today. But I couldn't get away from this. Well, we don't know how much time we're going to be able to spend at church because we're going to do a lot of family time. And you know what family time... Now, here's what ends up happening in family time. Parents... Because we're not real hardcore. Because you're going to spend the day together as a family. Well, then 
this young man has a friend. And his friend called and wants him to come over and play Legos. So we're having family time together, but his friend wants him to come over and play Lego. And then, you know, oh, can I go over and, can I go to Bobby's house and play Lego? Come on, come on, come on. You know, we're here. Can we play Lego? And then what ends up happening is, and then the other guy gets a call. Can he, hey, can Jimmy Bob come over here? And this is a Johnny Sue, Johnny Ray. I want him to come over and ride bikes. And we're so hardcore. You know, we're so hardcore, we beat him with razor straps, don't we? Yeah, right. We don't even spank him anymore. We help him count every time. One, two, three. Come on. They know they're ones and twos. Hammer. Hallelujah. Spare the rod, spoil the child. If thou beatest him, he shall not die. I'm, I'm just quoting scripture. And then what happens is by the time your family day is done, the only ones left home are mom and pop. So your family day that we're not going to be able to do much in the church because we've got to spend some time as a family. The only ones left of the family are the old... Here you go. This is city for you. The old man and the old lady. The kids are gone. They're not having family time. They're with their friends. And if their friends aren't in church, they're around a worldly campfire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Jimmy Bob's a good kid, but he don't go to church. So you don't know whatever's coming out of Jimmy Bob's mouth. And it's going to get Jimmy Bob's mouth and it's going to get in your kids' ears. That's campfire smoke. And once that word gets in your ear, guess what? When there is a word that gets in your mind, you never can get rid of it. It doesn't matter if you live to be a thousand years old, something that somebody said to you 950 years before is still in your mind. You can still hear the tone. You can still hear the words. Campfire smoke. The best place to be, I know what time it is, hallelujah, you're okay. The best place to be is in the house of God. Get your family in the house of God. Well, you know what? Guess what? We're not going to be able to help you to church, Brother Tracy, because, you know, we got family time. And I want him to walk up to me and say, you know what, Brother Tracy, we're going to spend family time at church. If you want me to help out in the food pantry, I'll bring my boys and show them how to serve people who don't have much to go on. Amen. If you want me to help out with angel food, I'll help unload a truck. If you want me to get there on Saturday and pass out door hangers, I'll help you pass out door hangers. I'll take my boys to the house of God. I'll take my daughters to the house of God. I want to show them what it's like to live for God, to work for God, to build the kingdom. That's the kind of campfire smoke I I want my family around. That's the kind of smoke I want my wife to be around. That's the kind of smoke and fire I want to be around. Because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. That's hard. It doesn't say if you half love the world, then only half of the love of the Father. No, God doesn't do that. He's black and white. He says if you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father. One more scripture. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Amen? I'm sorry, I lied. One more. And the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God is around forever. Let's stand. It's late, you're hungry, so am I. It's all right. The devil will tempt us three ways. 
just like he did Jesus. He was tempted three times in the wilderness. He was tempted according to John chapter 2, verse 14, 15. The lust of the flesh turned these stones into bread. I know you're hungry. The lust of the eyes. Let's go up here to the temple. And the pride of life. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. That's the three ways the devil is going to tempt you. He doesn't tempt you any other way but those three ways. And this is where he tempts you at, right here. Amen? We're in, we're in summertime. As you can tell, the crowds are not big like they are, usually. All right? Last week was very good. We only missed 60-some. Three years ago, we wouldn't have anybody in church. But what I'm happy about is this. There is an underlying foundation. God is, you know what we're going to do this summer? We're going to structure and we're going to get tight because look out, September, October, November. Look out. Look out. But here's the deal. If you eat like you come to the house of God, if you eat like you serve the Lord, how strong are you going to be? And that's going to give you your answer of why you can't whip the devil. That's going to give you your answer of why you can't stop the devil from destroying your life. I had a man tell me this week, I'm afraid of spiritual warfare. Dude, why are you afraid of it? Get in it. You're on the winning side. Now's the time. It costs a lot. It costs Jesus his life. But it's worth it. Amen? Amen. This front area is open if you want to pray. Or just grab a hold of the hand of the person beside you. Put your hand on their shoulder, whatever you're comfortable with. Let's sing this song. Once you close your eyes, we're going to sing this as a prayer. I want this. I know the, it was scattered today. I know it's kind of nutty. But I need more of Jesus. You need more of Jesus. Jesus, more of your face. More of your more face, Lord. Of